Welcome to Keeping Your Together in a Stressed World with Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. Each week, we explore down and dirty ways to stop awfulizing, catastrophizing, going down the rabbit hole, and moving through all the craziness that is happening right now. We're here to create a community of like-minded people as we give you tips, tricks, and techniques for keeping sane in an unhinged world. And now, here are your hosts, Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. Hey, everybody. This is Scott Grossberg, one of your co-hosts for the podcast, Keeping Your Shit Together in a Stressed World. And I'm here with my co-host, Michelle Post. Hello, Michelle. Hello, Scott. Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, can you believe that we are on episode, I think, 163 already? It's April of 2023. Where did the time go? Episode 160. You know, we have a weekly. That means we've been doing this for 163 weeks. Yeah. Nonstop, wow. by the way. Well, yeah, we've never had a break. We always like record if you and I have a conflict. So, uh, we, wow. And I was just looking at our stat. I want to thank everybody. We've had uh, uh, almost uh, st- over 7,500, almost 8,000 plays Woo! of our podcast, which Woo-hoo! is pre- which is wonderful. So thank you all. Thank you, and, thank you, thank you. And as a quick reminder, it always helps us if you like, share, subscribe, promote us on your favorite podcast. Uh, platform uh Yay. we're we're pretty much on all the platforms now i think uh in our spotify so thank you our spotify audience continues to grow among others yeah. um and our uh international audience continues to grow so thank you for tolerating us when we over represent our united states examples <laughs> uh, yeah, we, so we so right and right <laughs> right now, obviously our biggest audience is in the U.S., but followed close followed by the U.K., Canada, Germany, Japan, uh, the the United Arab Emirates, Australia, and the Netherlands. Yay! Yay! So thank thank you. All. I, I'm part Dutch, and whenever somebody mentions uh, the Netherlands, I can't help but quote um, Austin Powers when he you know when when one of the bad guys gold. Gold member, I think. Gold member goes, I'm Dutch. Isn't that funny? Oh, can't help it. I'm Dutch. Isn't that funny? Oh. Anyway, okay. thank you, Netherlands. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what do you have going on that we might want to talk about pre-episode? Um, let's see. So we talked about my tragic tire episode last time, right? My birthday. We did. Birthday your, your debacle. I now have new tires on my car. Thank you so much. Um, I so did, did you have to replace all four or just two of them? I had to replace two of them and I chose to replace the other two because they were getting close enough. Um, and I wanted all the same brand. Just, I don't know why. So I have new tread, took it out for a spin. It's lovely, even in the rain. And um, so, I mean, that's just a side note. The other thing I wanted to share with you, I think that's been going on is uh, the patience of gardening, the patience of gardening and why mosquitoes like to bite me on every part of my uh, body. You know, it, despite so, so, first of all, we, we have the super, <laughs> we have the super bloom going on everywhere, right? Yes. Um. So now any of us that have allergies, we get that. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. Joy. It, that the you talk about the patience of gardening. I yeah. have not yet seen the mosquitoes. Now that I say that, of course they'll come out. 
Yeah, yeah. But I, I went out uh, a couple of days ago just to check the peach trees. And it's like, ah. oh my God, where did these all come from so quickly? All, all the peaches? They just started uh, blooming. They just started blooming. And, and, and you talk about patience. We have two peach trees there, freaking loaded. Oh, and you have I'm to thin, jealous I don't you, live closer. But you have to thin the peach trees. I know you, you do. Can, and you can't let the peaches rub against each other. So I'm no, out there the other They don't day. like it. I'm out there for the last couple of days looking. And it's speaking of today's episode, almost overwhelming to look at these trees oh. and saying, you know, the, these peaches right now are the size of your thumb, yeah. which is the time to start thinning. And I'm looking at them oh. saying, you're supposed to space them six inches apart uh-huh. so that they grow in the, you know, that the tree in the space. It, so along one branch, they're supposed to be six inches apart. Uh-huh. And that way the tree will favor them. And then you take everything else away. Okay. And I'm looking at this and I must have literally gotten rid of 10 pounds of peaches Peach that little 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 things that little peach bums little peach yeah <laughs> li little peach lurkers and um i'm not even halfway th through this these trees yet oh yeah 10 pounds yeah well so um, i have no idea if our listeners care about our garden obsession but i'm just going to say more um as i can um and believe you have control you know, may michelle maybe Maybe don't I make no promises, but maybe if you write us and say a little less about the gardening, we don't relate, then I'll calm it down. But until you do that, <laughs> so I decided to get bulbs. Um, I've never planted bulbs before. Have you ever planted bulbs? Uh, I don't. Carolyn does. Car okay. Carolyn's in charge of the, of flowers, the flowers and the bulbs. Yeah. And you do I, I do the tree. I do the, the tree. Yeah. And trees. Okay. So we decided to, I picked up some bulbs, but it's an overwhelming amount of 50 bulbs. <laughs> and I don't know how big these plants grow. So anyway, we, we went around with, um, it's a tool. Men might know it. It's attached to a drill. It's a drill bit. That's got like a spiral and, you know, you use it for digging a hole. I don't know what it's good. Do you know what it's called? Brian would a hold it a hold dig. <laughs> no, there's a real name for it. Anyway, so Brian went around digging holes, and I went around putting the bulbs in, and and we we had a really bad frost that killed a lot of our plants last year. So we you know replaced some of those plants and blah blah blah. I have no idea if these bulbs are going to grow out in any kind of beautiful way, or if they're just going to be like all haphazard around the yard, but. You know, we had 50, so <laughs> I did my best. I don't know why I'm saying this. I guess just like, I'd love to be a landscaper, you know, because I have this artistic thing in my head, but I can't, it's hard for me to visualize from seed because I've planted so many seeds that don't come to fruition or they're a tiny little sproutling. And they, you know, so it's hard for me to landscape abstractly trying to just imagine what these plants will look like if they actually come to bloom. You know, you know I got it. it you, you speak about landscapers. Um, when we moved into our home here three years ago, there was nothing in the backyard. Yeah. And we, we have more property than we planned on. 
Okay, because um, you were supposed it, to be downsizing just as as part of our tips for overwhelming. I remember the downsizing process. Yeah, that <laughs> didn't it it didn't happen. So it did it did with the house, just not the property. Just not the property. And so we More uh, land, less and house. so and so to give all of our listeners just kind of some perspective, it was all dirt and very hard stuff. And of course, asking the the sellers, well, is there a problem with the grade? And is, you know, when it rains, is there an issue? And it's like, oh no, no, you have to, you're perfectly fine. Well, the first sure. year we're here, first, yeah. You first, to grade year, it. first year we're here, we have the torrential rains in California. And uh we honest to God, I've I've always wanted the castle with a moat. Well, we got the moat. <laughs> and I wound up literally we to to keep the mud from flowing into the home. We we had to go dig around it. And we wound up with a, a moat in the backyard. One thing led to another. And because at that point, COVID had, had hit. Yeah. And, you know, for those of you that love to watch these home improvement shows. Yes. Um, some of these things are filmed here where I live. Oh, a lot of them. Yeah. And, and because of the types of homes and things that there are, well, production shut down. And again, one thing led to another. And it turns out that uh, the, the master woodworker, the landscaper, et cetera, mm -hmm. all these people from this one particular TV show all mm -hmm. live very near us mm -hmm. and they had no work because production was shut down. Oh. And, and so the landscaper from this one particular TV show came over to the house and you know he's looking at the front and he's saying okay well this is interesting and this is interesting and we could do this we could do that show me the backyard and i thought he was going to literally it, it's it, out it, when he saw the backyard it was like oh my god please let me work on this oh and um jealous to watch, to watch him work oh, now now that jealous. i've watched now that i've watched him on tv mm -hmm. it doesn't even do justice to the way this man paints with oh. plants and and oh, hard, hardscape and landscaping so he, scotland grove we just told him what we wanted but scotland grove was him um he wow. he put it together spaced it out uh wow. i told him i told him how i wanted to plan the labyrinth for example in the backyard and he said okay um and two days later four tons of rock show up wow um, you know these big gigantic boulders river boulders i mean like so jealous and to watch and I and I couldn't see it he kept saying okay well you know two years from now this will grow into this and this will grow into that and he was explaining to Carolyn the creeping roses along the fence he said you have to weave them in because eventually they'll do that well those are starting to happen and I don't know how I don't know how you and people like that have this vision because it's just oh I don't have it I, that, like that's my struggle <laughs> oh, it's just, we we literally got to the point where we just said he he said do you want to do this do you want to do this do you want to do this so it's like what would you do i would do this okay you do that yeah whatever I mean, you would trust, do whatever you would do you do it yeah like trust the person i mean if you're not great well this is kind of a good way of simplifying in, in terms of our show today how do you overcome overwhelm and what are strategies for prioritizing and simplifying is like you don't have to be an expert in every damn yeah. thing. Like sometimes it's really helpful to trust the experts of, and you know, it's good to be your own advocate. I'm not saying that you don't want to do that. There are good reasons for that. But sometimes like if somebody, if somebody's job all day, every day is to plan landscapes for a living, 
and they've seen every form of landscape and shape and et cetera, your research is not going to come near their expert level. Correct. So, you know, apply that metaphor elsewhere. You know, lately it was tires on my car. <laughs> well, you know, that, that's a good segue into today's show because we've got to, <laughs> because I can tell you, we moved into the house. It's pouring rain. We've got a yeah. moat in the backyard. We were, overwhel- we were overwhelmed. You were overwhelmed. And yeah. so, you know, I kind of wanted to start today's discussion about overwhelm. Yeah. I felt it. I, I'm sure you have too. Oh, I have. And at least for me, I, I thought it would be important to start with what the hell is overwhelm? Yeah, that's um, a good place. You know, it's, it's, it's all cool to solve it, but let's figure out what it is to begin yeah. with. Yeah, and do you and, have it? <laughs> and, you know, when I have experienced overwhelm, for me, it always feels like it's something that happens to me, not something that comes from <laughs> That me. you've created? <laughs> well, in some cases, but it's it's... I don't know how else to explain it. So that's why I, w- I wanted to open the discussion with you from a therapy standpoint, because, you know, I get angry, right? I get sad. I, f- I experience love. I do this. Right. Um, overwhelm feels like something that happens to me, not I get overwhelmed. Oh, got it. Okay. Because I'm a control freak. I will never tell you I get overwhelmed. I will tell you I don't have enough control that leads wow. to overwhelm. Does that make okay. sense? Yes. And, and I wonder how many of our listeners feel the same way um, yeah. as opposed to owning you, you, you know what, you didn't plan correctly. So now yeah. you have an emergency. Yeah. And, and I've always said this to uh, not all, but nearly all my clients, your failure to plan is not my emergency. That's a, that's a good, a good motto to have, especially in a working environment with either your clients or uh, workplace, you know, if you are um, a staff member somewhere, an employee somewhere, you know, making sure you don't take on other people's emergencies that are higher prioritized than than they really should be. Like, you know, so my classic example as a therapist is the number of times I would train my staff in this day and age. If people can send you a note through Teams, they can. Um, they can slack you, they can send like a, an IM to you, they can email you, they can come in person to your office, they can call you, they can text you, they can call your cell phone, like there's 25 ways that people can call you. And if I was in a meeting or a planning meeting as a manager or director, and somebody was trying to get a hold of me, sometimes what they would do is, if they didn't get a hold of me right away, they would call and leave me messages everywhere. So in order to resolve this problem, not only would I have to resolve the problem, but I'd have to clean out the voicemail, clean out the email, clean out the text message, respond. You know, it's like five times as long and often not because there was a suicide risk, a child abuse risk, um, you know, risk to health and harm or safety. And to me, you know, if there's risk to health or harm or safety, call me in every way possible. Come storm my dorm, especially if you are an intern under my license, come and get me, interrupt me. There's nothing that gets in the way of that, right? But if it's not that, you don't need to make an emergency out of just something you need an answer to that can wait five, 10, 15, 25, sometimes even four days. Sometimes people would just want to do something today instead of four days from now. And so they would 
create these emergencies for me uh, when it was not necessary. Like you can you can get your question answered and or wait, like do something else until I'm available. You, you know, it's it's inter- <laughs> it's interesting that you bring up that example because I don't objectively look at that as overwhelm. I see that as planned stress, right? So I've got yeah, situations yeah. as an attorney where people would call me with an emergency. Yeah. But I know those emergencies are part of the job. They are. And therefore, while I don't plan for the specific one, I do plan for them happening. Right. Right. So they're and, not unexpected. Yeah. And I wasn't overwhelmed in that way. I was speaking to how sometimes people can create overwhelm yeah. over something that is not high priority. And when you work in healthcare, high, high priority is death and dying and risk. Yeah, it's triage, right? It's and, triage. And so the reality is, because I used to, to you know, work in an emergency room and on a paramedic unit, and it's like planned emergencies, planned responses are one thing. Yeah. But major catastrophes where you are literally inundated with bodies and yeah. you've got to choose one over yeah. another, that's what creates the overwhelm, at least yeah. from my perspective. Exactly. And and it's, it, you know, for me, it's less the quality of the emergency is more the quantity of the bombardment. Right, right. right. And that's exactly. why I and that's why I say overwhelm when I feel it right. feels like it's happening to me. Yeah, to you. Uh-huh. Ra- rather than internal. Now, the interesting thing is in getting ready for the show today, yeah. uh, obviously, I looked up what are some of the causes of overwhelm? Well, it's oh. the same it's the same things as the causes of happiness, right? Money, oh. opportunities, relationships, and your your health. Okay. Um, and And then you couple that with the fact that they happen and you don't, at least from what I've been able to to read and personally experience, they happen unexpectedly and you don't know how to control it. And so yeah. it becomes overwhelming. Oh, and we've certainly oh. talked about deci- decision fatigue before too. Yeah, yeah, that can um, that, that be is a part a of full, overwhelm. That is a part of overwhelm, I think. I do too. Um, and so, you know, one of the I things- I also think emotional overload is a part of overwhelm. So that's not even necessarily stuff happening, but someone's- mood symptoms or or fatigue symptoms or sleepless symptoms or pain symptoms just overload overwhelm the person's system absolutely well, and i can talk to you about the pain overwhelm right <laughs> um it, it's like everything ceases to exist yeah. and yeah. at least in my situation i didn't know how to handle it it yeah. was literally unexpected pain overwhelming intensity right no coping mechanism for it. Right. And it's like everything else ceases to exist and you become what I, we've taught joked before about the dark and twisty, but you right, know, I certainly right. talked to my surgeon about that feeling, the feelings of helpless and hopeless. Right. That's overwhelm, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and like that can helpless, happen. Hopeless, stuck. And that, and that can happen with your finances. Mm-hmm. That can happen with your relationships. That can happen with anything. Um that literally, uh, what's the word that I want to use? You're just, in addition to overwhelmed, you're just burned out. It's like yeah, you're yeah. you're over it. You need it yeah, to yeah. stop. Um, and by the way, for any of you who are feeling overwhelmed, I know we do this on some of the shows. 
but I do want to do it here. If any of you are feeling overwhelmed and you feel helpless, hopeless, stuck, stuck, stop, you don't literally see a way out, please use any of the helplines and, and get yourself some mental health assistance um, because you don't Nami. have to, you don't have to do this alone. There are people who have experienced the same stuff. As a matter of fact, I got to tell you, it was, it was pretty funny. Um, my wife inadvertently found out that a, another friend of our, of hers, her husband is, I think I said this on the show about two, uh, two weeks ahead of me on knee replacement surgery. And it's like, they started sharing notes and this guy's two weeks ahead of me and I'm reading this stuff and saying, oh my God, N number one, there's light at the end of the tunnel. And number uh -huh. two, I'm, I'm not the only one experiencing I'm not alone. this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, in the US, they, I, have you heard about the launching of the lifeline being just a, instead of 911, it's 988? I did this? hear about that. Yeah. I haven't, so I haven't anyway, studied it, but I did hear about it. Anywhere in the U.S. when you need, a, you know, emotional, mental health support, overwhelm, et cetera, 988 will connect you to the lifeline. And then they operate like a triage uh, system in the U.S. to help you connect to, to resources. So I'm glad that you brought that up because overwhelm, I mean, I guess I'll talk about what overwhelm feels like in my body because there's there's the clinical we can describe it diagnosis research blah 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 overwhelm in my body feels a little bit like shock like my system is so overloaded that I don't know what to do next like I'm just flooded I guess that's the best description for it I'm flooded and I kind of freeze, I tend to freeze and I tend to struggle with what words do I say? What do I do next? Where do I go next? What, what problem do I solve first? You know, so when overwhelm hits for me, it's that there aren't enough in my body. It feels like there aren't enough resources in me to handle the demands going on. And I think the the most recent example of that was when my dad was dying and my mom was uh, really emotionally struggling and shutting down. So she needed help at the same time he needed help. There was a medical crisis going on. And then people were calling me to get updates, like, you know, their sisters and cousins and you know, or my brother. And so between like the, I remember there was just this time where I couldn't, I didn't have the opportunity to stop for a meal and not do something at the same time as I was eating or drinking water or going to the bathroom. Like I always was on the phone with somebody during that time. Every second counted. So con constant demands months. on you constant demands on me and and the overwhelm was when I got to the point where I froze and couldn't do anything as long as if I was going to the bathroom while talking on the phone while texting da, 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 while eating I was still functional but there were times when I got so overloaded that I just froze so this is interesting because we've mentioned this I've mentioned this before and, and I asked you do you remember where you were when you heard about 9-11 being a terrorist attack 
And then I asked you how you felt. And I believe at that time you said you just kind of froze. And it was like that well, kind of. I was driving at the time, so I didn't freeze. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't mean physically, but I mean, the, the emotional response was just that numbness. Yeah, it was sort of um, disbelief, I think is like. Exactly. So I'll believe it when I see it, because I I was working early in the morning, went right into work, was traveling to the next gig. I was an intern at the time, and I was driving up the 405 freeway, and my mom was worried about me going into the office because she thought Los Angeles would be uh, a target, and I was working in downtown LA at the time. Um, so... So I remember feeling like disbelief until I right. could figure out what was happening. So but I, I wasn't I frozen. I was actually on my way to a federal courthouse in Los Angeles. Yes. So you can imagine what happened with the, the federal facility. So, so we we all got affected by that. My yeah. response, by the way, was anger. And yes. so I bring this up because, mm -hmm. right, in response to certain things, you have the fight, flight, fear, and faint right, right. responses. And even though they might not literally be that, um, my my experience with overwhelm is much like what you're talking about, Michelle. Except I get angry, mm -hmm. and then so rather than just you know freezing and being unable to do it, I get so angry that I haven't been able to control the overwhelm better. Mm -hmm. This thing that's happening to me that 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 anger then creates a whole nother snowball effect. Okay. Um, so, and so these are the kinds of things that, you know, we all experience folks, everybody in your own individual way. And it's, I think you'd agree with me, Michelle, that overwhelm is so personal. Yeah, it is. I mean, you bring up a good point in trauma. We have that trauma response, uh, fight, like where you want to fight, you're angry, you want to fight, flee, where you want to run away, freeze, where you, you freeze, like I described, and you don't know where to go. And then Faint, yeah, faint, faint, so you faint pass the out, other go to sleep kind of thing. So you may need to identify what your uh, pattern is. I tend to be a freezer. So if somebody starts screaming at me in or screaming in the grocery store, like there's a something like there's a kerfuffle or something, not that this happens, but let's say it happens. I'm going to freeze at first and try to collect information. And then determine if I'm going to run, fight, da, da, da. But the first thing I do, or like, let's say somebody's angry at me or a boss scolding me or something like that. I'm going to freeze at first and try to collect information. Like that's my response. I do not want to make the situation worse. So I am going to do nothing. That's, that's Michelle's response. Then I'll by, by, by the way, it's very, it. it's very funny that you say that. Cause you know, I love astronauts and space and Chris. Uh -huh. Chris Hadfield had a quote that I absolutely love. As human beings, there's never a situation we can't make worse. That's why I freeze. Um, now, when we were preparing for this topic, I found a wonderful quote from Paulo Coelho, uh, uh, Paulo Coelho that said, you drown not by falling into a river, but by staying submerged in it. And so when I think about the solution or, or the management of overcoming overwhelm, you know, we're going to fall into rivers. What is keeping you from getting out of the river? <laughs> What's keeping you from, um, you know, why do you want to stay under the water? Okay. So that's a key is, is that insight of, of 
keeping yourself from staying in it, staying submerged in it. You want to get yourself a life raft and get out into action as quickly as you can. So it's funny that you say that because yes. I've always loved the Desmond Tutu quote that oh. says there comes a point where we need to stop just pulling people out of the river. We need to go upstream and find out why they're falling in. Well, there's that too, that, you know, those of us that want to work at a societal level to make a difference, I think that's an important piece. Yeah. And so I, yeah. I think, I think for the balance of the show, it might be really helpful for us to talk about what we do, you and I personally, to uh -huh. keep from falling in. What do we do uh, when we fall in? Uh -huh. um, and, and let everybody know, guess what? We experience this too. Notwithstanding our backgrounds, our trainings, our experience, you know, I've said before, shit happens to everybody. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that, you know, there are all kinds of things that you cannot plan for. Yeah. Uh, despite your best thinking. Right, right. You know, I think the fact that both you and I have worked in emergency healthcare situations yeah. probably taints our experience of this a little bit differently than than some others. Um might, but I will say, uh, you know, how do the biggest thing that comes to mind in terms of how do I keep myself from falling in the river is, you know, I have made friends with my to-do list and that means that it's okay that I don't get things done. So but let's it, get it's let's, really peaceful about, let, I'm really peaceful about that. Let's really chunk this down though. Uh -huh. And I'm more interested, not in, I, I shouldn't say that. It's not that I'm more interested. I'm interested in our our listeners understanding how we actually do these things. So how do you uh -huh. keep a to-do list? Um, I keep my to-do list using Outlook Calendar. I have found that if I only need to look one place for things, I'm less likely to forget them. So I pace when things are due around other appointments that are time sensitive I look for chunks of time that are available and unscheduled so that I can get other things done, you know, scheduling appointments, you know, paying bills, uh, billing clients, um, you know, writing, you know, that kind of thing. So I use Outlook as my major source of, I have tried all kinds of extra things to, you know, project management apps. And whenever and I have to know myself, right? Great, great quote, know thyself. If I have to look more than one place yep. to remember things, I will not get them done. So I can't have a written calendar, you know, uh, and an electronic count. I have to have one place that I check regularly. And so, that's a key to my success. <laughs> I used I used to use Outlook or Office 365. Uh, uh -huh. I, have, I have now moved to Google, yep, uh, Google. Be, because I love the experience on my phone. Yep. And how easy it is for me to duplicate. So, you know, when I have coaching clients and they want to rebook, mm -hmm. it's so easy for me to duplicate that yeah. as opposed to other things. And, uh, and I know Office 365 and a lot of others do the same thing. Um, mm -hmm. My to-do calendar as well, my to-do list, my task list, my reminders, all on my calendar. Yep, all um, on my calendar. And I've said this before, I manifest my intentions through my calendar. I do too. Which... To a certain degree, there's a downside that if you're not on my calendar, you don't exist for me. <laughs> I know. That's why I'm on your calendar. <laughs> you are twi twice a week, at least twice a week. <laughs> and, 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 and because of that, right. Some of the way to, uh, to avoid overwhelm 
I'm, I know this sounds funny in a family setting, but my, you know, my wife and I actually have a calendar meeting periodically. Yeah, that's um, awesome. Now we do, I'm going to add one more little component to avoiding overwhelm, right? Mm-hmm. For those of you who have family obligations, we mm-hmm. use another app called Cozy, C-O-Z-I. Okay. Uh, and I don't have to do anything, right? So we use it for our shared grocery list. If there's something I want, I can create a grocery list. If she goes to the store, all she does is open the app. There it is. If I go to the store, I open it up. There it is. Uh But more importantly, you can share your calendar with it. So she doesn't have my, I don't have a shared Google calendar. It's just that my Google calendar populates cozy. Uh So So if she needs to, and vice versa, she can see everything. Yeah. So if that, with my partner, we use, um, oh, it was A-L-E-X-A. We use, we have a grocery list. We have a shopping list for things like big items or, you know, like not food items, but laundry soap and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, tools, you know, so we have a shopping list. Uh, but the thing that we probably are missing is um, we could add a to-do list. Because that's what I love is we just walk around and go, take this on the list, put this off the list and it's hands-free because sometimes you need your hands to do other things. That sounds really weird in the context of this, but, you know, usually it's something like washing dishes. It's not as exciting as, as my pop might say. Yeah. So, so here's the fun part of Co- Cozy, by the way, is C-O-Z-I. I have no affiliation with them and it's okay. free. It's free. Oh, um, good. You, you you have a to-do list that you can share. You have a shopping list you can share. You can share your calendar. And okay. what's important for me, uh, uh-huh. as you said, Michelle, I don't want to go to multiple places. I don't. I want to go to one place. So, so I'm only living in Google. Yeah, yeah. Because it's need all to, the same. I happen to go to the grocery store and I'll open Cozy to see if my wife has added anything. But right. I, I'm in Google. It's not like you're replicating this stuff. Right. Um, the, the other thing because I know we talked about simplifying tasks. We've talked before about decision overwhelm. Yeah. And I really invite people, We've and I won't go into all of it again, because we've talked about, you know, how to dress and how to pre-plan and the whole, you know, President Obama approach to how you dress so you don't have to think about it the uh-huh. next day. Well, I was going to say, like, for those of you that need to be reminded about that, you can create what's it called it's um it's a it's a a type oh declutter your closet and create what's called a capsule wardrobe so google search capsule wardrobe it's where you have 37 to 50 items in your wardrobe and they all mix and match so that's my my thing about that yeah so (laughs) i i can tell you that a lot of people when i talk to them are overwhelmed by their emails Right. Oh, yes. That, that yes. Over, that they literally are treating their inbox like a, a to do list. They're treating yes. their inbox like a folder, a file yes. folder. Yes. And it's like people stop it. Yes. Um, and so one of the things I, I constantly recommend is if you trust me, if you'll go back for a week, mm-hmm. if you want to stop the overwhelm, if you'll mm-hmm. go back for a week and look at all the emails you've sent. Yeah. Not, not the ones that you get, the ones you've sent. Yeah. And then look for patterns of how often you say the same freaking thing, yeah. the, si- the sign off, the hello, yeah, particular things that you, you know, turns of phrases that you use. Yes. When you realize how often you are 
responding the same way or you know little variations here and there if you'll automate that ah. with keyboard shut shortcuts ah. right so if i type in tty in my count in in a response it automatically expands to thank you even just that little bit oh yeah yeah so if i type in vty it's very truly yours scott j grossberg and blah 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 oh how uh, nice so I just not, thought I was advanced by having a signature. And, and so <laughs> I really, to the extent that you can template the stuff that you do all the time, because you're not doing yourself any favor by not doing this. What you're mm -hmm. doing is the same stuff over and over again. And part of that adds to the overwhelm. Mm -hmm. If you can take mm -hmm. away that, because, you know, a lot of the people, at least when I ask them, what do you want would make your life easier? They tell mm -hmm. me time management. I know money yeah. is an issue, right? Oh, yes, yes. But time right? management, time but is time, money. Time management is huge, right? Mm -hmm. If I could only have, you know, another day, if I could only have another two hours in the day, it's like, I can give you two hours in the day, get up an hour earlier and go to sleep an hour <laughs> later. I can give you two hours. <laughs> oh, um, Lord. That, but that's not, that's not, the problem is not the additional time. The problem is the efficiency. Okay. And I'm a real big believer that overwhelm happens when you stop having control over your time management skills okay. and or your emotional responses. Now, some mm -hmm. of that's going to happen, right? That makes sense. Keep, keeping a Google calendar or an Office 365 calendar is not going to eliminate every overwhelm in your life. No, no. But it will, shit happens. But it will certainly help the day-to-day -day overwhelm. Well, keep your business on track and your to-do list on track, sure. Do yeah. you have a tip, like random question? Do you have a good resource for bulk unsubscribing from emails? Because no. I used to use not bulk, like, not bulk unsubscribing. Uh -uh. I used to use like unfollow or something, but they sell your data, so it's not safe anymore. Yeah, I, I can tell you again. Um, I'm using. Well, it's funny because I use Google Calendar, but I use Office 365 for my email, uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, and the spam folder is. It, the spam folder is your friend. Now, here's the other thing, by the way, folks. Yeah. Um, most of you are, if, what is it? If uh, out of sight, out of mind, that's yeah. not a good thing when it comes to your email. Periodically, yeah. to, to help you go through your spam folder or your junk folder, because stuff inadvertently gets stuck it in does. there. It does. It does get stuck in there. And, and then that helps me, Michelle, because most of my spam gets thrown into those folders. And okay. in that, I can block it or do whatever. Very rarely, okay. by the way, do I unfollow anymore. I just get everything going into the junk folder because when you unfollow, they automatically get your email anyway. Uh, okay, 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 okay. So I block uh, a lot. I block so a lot. And that block, you can do. Yeah. You set up rules and you block and you set up uh, keyboard shortcuts. Yeah, absolutely. And so the, the idea again here is to the extent you can, I, I think you can avoid the overwhelm by planning better. Oh. Uh -huh. and, and for those of you who really fight against this, and I've certainly had clients who they, they're nonconformist. They just do not, they don't want a calendar. They do not want to be on some rule-based system, et cetera, et cetera. I'm okay with that. Uh -huh. As long as you understand your failure to plan, it's not everybody not, else's emergency. Not my responsibility. You need uh -huh. to own that. Um, the, the other thing, and we've talked quite a bit about this, 
Um, this isn't for every form of overwhelm. Uh -huh. But I happen to really believe that gratitude helps tremendously. Um, and to practice. Okay. And, and, and some of this comes from uh, my own discovery. I, I think we've talked, I think we talked about it on the show. Uh, as a matter of fact, I believe I posted it today uh, on my Facebook page. Yeah, it's it's one it's like my one of my new favorite quotes from Albert Einstein. Purportedly, oh. there are some people that say he didn't say it. Okay, um, but it's the most important decision we make is whether we believe we live in a friendly or hostile universe. Now, when okay. you think about that, it would mm -hmm. if, if you live in a friendly universe, mm -hmm. if the universe is conspiring for your own good. I think it tends to lessen the overwhelm because it doesn't feel like it's the whole thing, the whole world is out to get you, mm. right? Uh, mm. You know, I don't know about you, Michelle, but when you get that overwhelm feeling, I, feeling that it comes from the outside, it can very much, and the guy that gets angry on first response, not freeze, I want to fight back. If If I can just take a pause and say, wait a minute, this might be for the best. Mm this might be actually happening for a good reason rather yeah. than rather than they fuck you i'm going to take you on i'm going to fight you and now you've got the two bulls in the in the field butting heads mm -hmm. which by the way adds to the overwhelm okay um, you know I, I you know what do you think it's it, can you see how from an, a mental health wellness wholeness standpoint that feeling that the world is friendly can lessen the trauma of overwhelm? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, after my lecture with, um, oh, I forget the astrophysicists and, you know, and the physical world is out to kill us after that whole lecture. Oh, that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do in general tend to believe that, you know, I create, I, have a lot of influence on my world but on my immediate circle not my world but my immediate circle with a positive spin on it so I think that helps me in general but when you said um plan so a couple of things that like plan for it right um some things that I use some things I teach my clients is you know set one to three goals per month one to three goals per day like what's what's doable today what's doable this month. And so having those clear goals kind of set and then calendaring it on your, on your time, I think is really helpful in terms of planning. Um, stop putting things off that are emotionally dragging you down. Like if they don't really matter and you're putting them off and they're just like on your wish list and, you know, oh, someday I'm going to really perfect my Spanish and you know, but I, I don't need it to survive today. It's not hurting me in any way at the moment. Um, you know, I don't have to be, oh, stop putting that off. But things that are stressing me, I want to stop putting those things off and get those things off my plate. I, I want to interrupt you real quick here, because one of the things that's a beauty of a byproduct of doing your to-do list online uh -huh. I can tell you that my number one plan is I've got my to-do list. I've got my, when I need yeah. to do them. And if wow. I've got a number of to-do items today, for example, uh -huh. I'm going to take the one that I want to do least and do it first. Oh, just get it off your plate. Good for you. 
that's a great tool. I, I could be better at that. <laughs> because you're going to look forward to the other ones. Yeah. yeah. You know what else in terms of like, it's not quite a gratitude, but I think I told you I'm reading um, Michelle Obama's newest book. Mm -hmm. And she talked about in the middle of the pandemic that reminding yourself you can do you can do small things like for her, it was learning how to knit and that a particular knot is an accomplishment, but for other people it might be just making the bed in the morning or combing your hair or like getting your hygiene under control, that that's those reminding yourself, those simple things that you can do are a way to help you with overwhelm, that you have some impact on your life. And maybe you feel a little better when the bed is made than you do when you've left it unmade, or you feel a little better when you've taken care of your hygiene than when you've let it go. And you, you can tell that you're smelly, <laughs> um, but gratitude. So randomly I'm, I'm practicing a couple of things that are, are helping me with mindful eating and, you know, all that stuff. And I had this, I wanted to eat something sweet last night, but I didn't want actual sweet things. So I had some blueberries with Greek yogurt and I practice my mindful eating. Do you ever do mindful eating where I you do. like thank every, you thank the plant, you thank the cow that made the milk and you thank the farmer and you thank the people that picked it. You thank the transportation people and then the grocery store people. And the, like, do you ever do that? Not only do I do that, but I I when I go out and harvest, I actually thank my trees for the harvest. Yeah, that's what I mean. When you're harvesting, you think yeah. like I talked to my trees, one of our our listeners, she talks to her plants too and told us that your plants suffer. So when I'm transplanting my plants, particularly because some of them are sensitive, I talk to them and I'm like, please grow. Oh, lemon cuke update. Remember the lemon cukes that grew seeds got in water mm -hmm. and I planted more of them than I needed. Okay. They have all been transplanted in their final home, in their final resting place. And we shall now see if they produce any lemon cucumbers, Good for you. but they've all grown to the point of being transplanted outside. That's my latest gardening. But, by the way, I, I also, you talk about the, the gratitude of food. Yes. Um, I actually also uh, practice Ken Honda. We've talked about him before out of Japan. Oh, happy money. I, Happy money. Right. Um, yeah, I, I practice his arigato uh, approach to even when I get money or I pay money, it's yeah. thank it's thank you, right? Because I yeah. I always grew up with the respect your money and it will respect you. Right. A lot of people are overwhelmed about money, right? And their financial situation, and right. you know there there are little tricks and tips that you can do. Uh, just learn about compounding, for example, right. um, to to help you. I, I know we're running out of time here, but I know, Michelle, there were things that you wanted to talk about just as far as simplifying. Oh, simplifying. Yes. Yeah. So fast tips for simplifying. Well, this isn't simplifying, but it was a tip about overwhelm, which is simple, like make sure you have two. And I would suggest not much more than two things that make you happy on your nightstand and on your desk. Because, you know, there's a fine balance between clutter and, and the connection between clutter and overwhelm. But have two things on your desk, have two things on your nightstand that make you happy. That's an important part for managing overwhelm is like symbols of things that make you happy. Um, evaluate your commitments. If they bring you joy and you have time for them, keep them. But if they're you're doing them because you want to prove that you can and it feels very stressful, you might want to say no, which brings me to practicing saying no. Yeah. Right. Practice saying no. 
That's a, a big part. Get rid of things on your to-do list. I, actually, Don't I'm going to add, add I'm, I'm going to add to this. I, uh -huh. And that's revisit your shoulds. Yeah. And ask yourself, do is that really a rule? Is that really true? Whose rule is that anyway? Why am I shooting myself? And who are they? Who are who these are people? Who are they? Who's the royal they? Who are they? Um, again, since we talked about digital detox, like that unplugging and limiting your social media time will help you decrease overwhelm because our systems are meant to handle the immediate crises of our tribe, not everything going on everywhere at once. You will get overwhelmed by everything going on in the world. So keep focus on your sphere of influence and limit that social media um, electronic time. And then in terms of decluttering, I mentioned, you know, when our world is cluttered, it adds to the feeling of overwhelm. So walk around your home with a trash bag once in a while, uh, pack up a box for donations once in a while. It, when was the last time you cleaned out your fridge or your pantry? Clean that out and get rid of stuff you're not using. So you just have more space and cleanliness. And then like, remember to restock. This is another thing that helps me is in my house, you don't ever get the, oh crap, we're out of toothpaste. Oh crap, we're out of toilet paper. Because as soon as I load up the rolls in the side container of extra rolls and realize I've used all the toothpaste or the da da, I order more. So it, keep your pantry stocked with your staples. So there's not this feeling of, oh, oh, I'm so stressed. I'm going to go to the store today. I'm out of toothpaste. Like, it's ridiculous. Stop stressing yourself out about those things. By, by the way, everything Michelle is saying is also analogous for your own mental health. Yeah. So it's funny that you're saying this because, you know, when's the last time you stocked up on your own emotional well-being? When is the last time you took a personal inventory? And I'll tell you, Michelle talks about simplifying, clarifying, cleaning your home. I sage our home. Oh, yeah. I sage us. I don't sage the dogs because they're not too thrilled with it, but it's, you know, and I'm sure periodically our neighbors are saying, oh, there's Scott again. I'm sure the with first the time I, I'm sure the first time I did it, I'm walking around the house with all this or outside the house with the perimeter with this smoking <laughs> clam thing. And, uh, you know, because I've got a, I've got a, uh, an abalone shell. I've got an abalone <laughs> shell. But, you know, from a distance, you can't tell what it is. And all I can see is smoke coming Smoking out of it. Smoking clam. And I'm walking around. And I'm sure at some point, as, as my wife said, you know, someone's going to call the fire department or the police, right? And it's like, oh, I don't care. Which ultimately, by the way, brings me to my biggest tip as we bring this to a close. And that is, how much can you bring yourself to the I don't care internal script? Yes. Yes. Say more. Because I think well, that's my we've, relationship we've, with my to-do list. I don't care if I don't get everything done. Yeah. And so I'm not asking you to be a procrastinator. I'm not asking you to not give a shit. Right. We're, this, we're, we're keeping your shit together. We're just not, yeah. we're not, we're not caring about it, but the, the, <laughs> the it's a, it's, it's that equanimity. It's that Teflon. It's that water off the back of a duck. Yes. Right. It, the duck isn't going to tell you that they can stop it from raining. Right. What they're going to tell you is they don't care that it's raining. Right. They'll handle it. Yes. And so yes. Take, a, take a look at all the stuff, the shit, the firestorms, the dumpster fires you've been through in your life. Mm -hmm. You're still here mm -hmm. and you've been through it. Yes. 
Um, and, you know, I can tell you that one of the little techniques that I use every time there's a fear or a tragedy or something that I perceive from the outside working in um, is to remind myself, I can handle this. I can handle this. Yeah, it's good cognitive reinforcement, right? Yeah. Good. So if I can, I've got a couple more like life hacks and then I'm done, which Go is my life hacks are um, in terms of finances, you as best you can reduce or eliminate your debt. That will really help your feeling of overload, overwhelm or use a 50-30-20 budget where you're doing about 50% of your income covers your, your living expenses 30% is lifestyle, 20% is savings and retirement. So create create a budget to the best of your ability and reduce and eliminate your debt to help you with that financial overload. Um, you know, cook in more often. And likewise, if you're time managing, something like a crock pot or an Instapot, if you're a busy person that you can get started in the morning and come home to dinner in the evening can be a real time saver as well as like a financial saver because you, even though groceries are super expensive, they are still less expensive than eating out. And, and then my last little one is for those of you that are travelers, or you have to travel for work, or you have to be on the go a lot, pre-pack your quick kit for travel. So your go, your go bag, your go bag, like have your little, I have my little hygiene you know, pack it all done. And as soon as I run out of something, I replace it on that trip or I replace it as soon as I get home that, that, and I also keep a separate thing of my travel cords for all, all our electronics. So that's pre-packed and ready to go. I just have to throw in the clothes. And if you have a modular wardrobe where most things go with each other, you can mix and match and, and take advantage of those fast tips with less decision. fatigue. Yeah. What, one last thing and that is to avoid travel overwhelm as much as you can carry on do yeah. that be, you know oh, yeah. do the essentials because they're going to lose your stuff folks that's right i rarely check luggage so if you even went to europe with no luggage checked i don't know how you did that but okay um maybe we just maybe we just stay too long all right <laughs> speaking of saging uh next yes. week next week uh, we are going to be talking about aromatherapy and essential oils. Yeah, that'll uh, be kind of fun and different. Which we, which we have not talked about before, oh. but something that I use all the time. Uh, as, as Michelle now sprays herself. Uh, yes, with rose, rose mist. <laughs> so we're, we're going to talk about that. All right. Just as a quick reminder, please like, save, share, subscribe on your favorite platform. Keep us going. Help us promote the show. Uh, so that we can continue to do that. And thank you all for joining us. Be well. Bye-bye. Bye. You've reached the end of another episode of Keeping Your Together in a Stressed World with Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. If you like our show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate our broadcast, and leave a review. The podcast is for general information only and not intended to be legal or mental health advice nor the formation of a lawyer-client, nor therapist-patient relationship. Stay tuned for our next episode, and thank you for listening.